Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Georgia Recruiting Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Keanu Charles Reeves, as he is now known <laughs> on his Twitter handle. Uh, Trent has had an unbelievable experience with some Twitter hacking going on, and if you want some good comedy, you can just kind of head over to that that account. But uh, Trent, fill us in on what's the what's the latest with your battle with Twitter right now? Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, they're they they want a proof of, uh, I guess, the email behind the account, but of course, the email has been changed by the hacker, so that email is not going to match up. So, um, still battling. Uh, just continue to go to the to go to my Twitter and, and mark it as hacked because or report it and mark it as hacked because Twitter's not seeming to want to do anything about it right now. And uh, so we're going to continue to fight the battle. Absolutely. And we got uh, another one joining us here, Mr. Jed May. So, Jed, uh, say hello to Keanu. What's up, Keanu? Loved you in speed, man. I didn't know I was in it, but good. <laughs> absolutely absolutely so we are uh you know here once again covering georgia football recruiting uh live on the uga sports youtube channel if you don't already do so do us a favor and subscribe to the channel uh today we re- we really appreciate that the the amount of subscribers that we've gathered uh and gained guys over the last you know two three months has been unbelievable and that's in large part you know just support and thank you to you guys so uh as always we'll be on here you know answering questions from the uga sports vault members um as we always do Scuffletown dog right off the bat wanted to ask the question of who do we who does georgia finish with in the class of 2022 so i want to give a disclaimer and tell scuffle scuffle town dog that one's gonna be safe for the end my man i know you always uh watch so i know you were the first one to answer on the on the board topic today but you're gonna be the last one answered here on the show uh, georgia georgia's closing on john wick pretty well that's it that's (laughs) it No doubt, and it, according to Trent, according to Trent's account, I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on <laughs> in the world out there. But uh, you know, we're really, really looking forward to this show. Uh, looking forward to Wednesday as Georgia does finish up the class of 2022, and maybe even a, a few uh, surprises in there. We'll talk about talk about that um, down the line here. But Jed, uh, you just, you know, the reason you joined us a little bit late, you were talking with a uh, priority class of 2023 prospect just now. Yeah, Raul Laguire, man, that, that kid loves to talk, and I love talking to him. Um, he's a good kid. He's a really, really good-looking linebacker um, in the class of 20, 2023. He plays at Whitewater High School. Um, and, you know, he was telling me, um, spoiler alert for my story coming tomorrow, but he said while he was in Athens, you know, Glenn Schumann had him and a couple other linebackers in a room saying, you know, there was videos of Poy Walker playing different positions and, and Kobe Dean lining up all over the place. He's like, you want to know why these guys are getting drafted? Is because scouts come to us and say, you know, they – Ask if they could play all over the place, and and Schumann likes that. And or Laguire, we you guys, we saw him at the five star challenge or underclassman challenge, whatever last summer, and he was he was covering um you know running backs out of the backfield really well. So that's something Glenn Schumann likes in his game, and you know it's the reason he's one of the top um, inside linebacker prospects for Jordan in the class of twenty twenty three. So look for that story tomorrow. Absolutely, and another uh, inside linebacker prospect in the class of twenty twenty three that was there uh, and kind of was in that probably in that meeting with Robert Aguirre and Glenn Schumann was uh, Quay Rousseau, um from Montgomery, Alabama, and uh, you know he's another guy that man he's he can just go sideline to sideline in a hurry and uh, really plays plays physical. Kirby Smart went out and saw him play basketball 
um, last week. So as Trent's got the the Hawks in the background uh, behind him over there, he, uh, Kirby like to go see a little bit of round ball. Uh, see see Quay Russo, and then also James Smith. I'm not sure if James Smith is playing basketball or not, but uh, Trent, if Jed, if uh, if James Smith is is playing basketball, you talk about like the round mound of rebound. He's giving Charles Barkley a run for his money over there. That's a big big three technique or nose guard in there mixing it up in the post. If he's playing for Carver, yeah, yeah, that's about like Jalen Walker playing basketball. Uh, you know, J- Jalen can get up and dunk though, so I- I'd be interested to see see if he can get up just like Jalen does. Yeah, I've uh, I've I've you know watching James Smith, I wouldn't put anything past him, and that is a athletic. Uh, son of a gun so the class of 2023 is really cranking up uh they had some major targets not only for that class uh andrew paul was there on an official visit in the class of uh, 2022 um we'll talk a lot about him in this show and then also they had guys sprinkling throughout jed all the way down from you know 2024 and even some 2025 guys yeah, and it's funny, you know, last week I went and visited um, Noah Dixon at True County High School. One of the guys there was like, man, aren't these kids a little young to be to be being interviewed? And I was like, not when the coaches are, are interviewing these or offering these kids and visiting them and having them on campus and stuff. And that's the nature of, of the game. I mean, Blaine, you've written at least, I think, two stories on, on Julian Lewis this year. Who's, who's not even high Yeah, I mean, Justice Terry and, and Manchester, he went viral for looking like a, a, a Greek god. And that kid's a, a freshman and I – coming off his freshman season in high school. So as the nature of the game now and, and recruiting, like I said, the 2022 class will be officially wrapped up here soon. But long before now, the coaches have started turning their attention to to 23 and 24, especially Georgia, who, I mean, we've mentioned on here before, they did a lot of their, um, you know, heavy lifting and signing, you know, during the early signing period. Absolutely. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get my son some looks. He's a, he's a fourth grader. Um, <laughs> you know anybody interview him? We we know that he can. We know that he can take a take a elbow pretty good in basketball <laughs> and just keep on going. I mean that picture you send to the group with the 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 nod over the eye, man. He's he's tough. He's in there amongst the trees playing basketball. So uh, he's he's got the toughness factor for sure. But uh, Trent, anything before we kind of get going into questions and start talking about some of these guys, anything that's just kind of been sticking out uh, lately in in recruiting, anything that you've kind of been tracking here before we get before we get going? No, I think, uh, you know, going into signing day is pretty, you know, it's not going to be a big day for Georgia. Uh, I think, um, you know, it's coming down to, you know, I I think Darius Smith's good i think dylan bell's gonna sign um and then you're gonna look at some guys like christian miller i think christian miller would be the big guy that you're watching on wednesday and then you have um andrew paul the the running back that just visited uh, of course it looks like jordan james could be held in, uh, head, headed elsewhere and uh andrew paul might fill in fill in that spot and um and then who else are we looking at uh oh line the linebacker from fitzgerald yeah, EJ, EJ Lightsey. And, we're, and I put out an article today that another reason to be uh, a member of the UGA Sports Vault, if you were on there, uh, you know, of the UGA Sports.com, if you're a member, uh, we had a story on there today, what to expect on National Signing Day for the Georgia Bulldogs. So uh, all that content is out there as well. But before we get into the questions, one guy that you have seen in person, uh, Trent, and then Jed and I have both watched a lot of Jed, you've actually seen him in person as well, Darius Smith. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Darius Smith because I feel uh, not – yeah, he's a four-star prospect, but I feel he's one of the most underappreciated uh, prospects and maybe with one of the higher upsides in this entire recruiting class for the University of Georgia. Yeah, I, I do think 
Looking at his ranking um, after watching him play, I do think just from where he is right now as a player, um, I do think that's probably fairly accurate. Now, as far as upside uh, in his in his body in his frame, uh, it's just uh, you know Lorenzo Carter uh, type player. I, he is a um, he, he's very quick. Uh, he he he's got you know a quick get off. He can he can get to the passer. Uh, he, he's built physically enough to uh, go up against the run at that outside linebacker position. Um, I like what I saw. I do think he's very raw. He plays too high at times, but athletic athleticism and his upside is just out of the building. I mean, I, I think um, whoever's coaching him, an outside linebacker, when he gets to Athens, I think they're going to have a field day with with that kid because, um, like I said, it's just untapped potential. Um, and and he's gonna he's gonna be one to watch. Maybe probably not the first year, but uh, down the line, he's definitely. Uh, one watch. I think he's going to be one of those guys that could, you know, be one of those big sack guys um, that in the future. Jed, you, you, when you saw him, I believe he was uh, forcing some turnovers with that length that he had. I mean, just be, you know, that's a big factor in pass rush now. Be, you know, having those long arms, being able to, to to get around the tackles, and everybody's attacking that ball. And I think you know, you even had a film of of, of Darius being able to to do that uh, while you were there watching him. Yeah, I didn't come prepared with my uh, tweets handy, so uh, I take the blame for that. But yeah, he, I mean, he's he stripped uh, Tip County's quarterback with about I don't know four minutes or so left that iced that game um, for Appling County, basically. And I beat the drum for this kid. It seems like every week we're on the show um, when someone asks about a twenty-two and two class. But I'm telling you, he when it's like Trent said, when he gets in Athens and he you know has a summer and a fall and and next spring to really grow and develop and be coached. Um, by whoever this outside linebackers coaches, he could be just an absolute freak. And another thing that and we haven't talked about a whole lot, but Kirby likes those guys. And I remember, um, was I mean, there was there's been guys with that kind of frame that Kirby said, "Hey, we've tried him out at star." Like you know, Adam Anderson has been tried out at star. Sometimes I think Derek Smith could be that guy that could possibly get a look at, at some part time star role. I mean, who he's got that kind of you know frame and athleticism. So he's a guy like Trent said. The coaches are going to have a field day with this kid. Uh, um, when he went to Athens, because you, you can't teach, uh, you know, some of the things he's got. And I, and I believe he said that when I asked him after the game that he, what he measured at was six, six and a half. Um, I believe that's what he told me. So, um, yeah, he's he's long. He's athletic and uh, it's going to be he, interesting. A little a little lean right now, too, you know, mm-hmm. admittedly. I mean, and, you know, kind of reminds you in this last recruiting class for Georgia, Marlon Dean. Right. Uh, that's a guy that is playing that that outside linebacker defensive end that position right now, uh, you know, Trent, that I know they would like to put a little bit more uh, weight on and, and, you know, see that out of, out of him. But uh, athletic guys that have high ceilings, you know, I think Darius Smith is right there uh, in that in that same breath. Um, kind of, kind of in that in that same mold with with some of those guys that they've had in the past that come in a little bit lean, but hey, you know what? Then they get to eat all they want to eat, and then you know, get on the the nutrition plan and stuff like that. And it uh, it's amazing what happens to guys' bodies between the age of you know eighteen and and twenty one. There, what uh, you know when they stay at a power five program. Yeah, he he's two twenty five or you know somewhere around that area, but. The way he's built and the way uh, you know his shoulders and everything, you know, I think he could get to two forty-five and still, you know, still be athletic and still like he is now, and uh, play play that jack. I mean, I, I think he have potential to just um, put twenty pounds on and and just be a freak. Uh, it's, it's 
it'll be fun to watch because I think he's he's one of those guys like Jed said. He could be, you know, a five point nine uh four star right now, but by the time he leaves, he could, you know, he could be one of those guys that you're looking at like, dang, we knew we knew his potential was there, but we didn't know he was gonna play like this. So no doubt, no doubt. Now, uh, lastly, but you know, before we start getting into into questions and, and things like that, um, you know, you've seen here recently guys like Kristen Miller, right, who have kind of gone quiet a little bit, and that's and that's a that's a little un, unusual for uh, for Kristen, right? I mean, he's a he's a guy who's a, a high powered personality. You always hear a lot from him, but last I think everybody's really heard publicly from Kristen Miller was coming off his visit from you know uh, Florida A and M, where he talked about the culture being different and stuff like that at HBCU. Uh, then of course these other Power Five schools that he's visited. Um, what do you think uh, off the bat that 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 quiet? Uh, that quietness from Kristen Miller, maybe a, a good sign for Georgia or something, uh, something brewing that maybe nobody expects. Um, me personally, I think it's, uh, I, th- I think he's trying to, I guess, you know, he, he's announcing on signing day, all kids want their moment. And uh, I think he's going to, you know, allow himself, you know, go quiet, not give anything away of what he's, uh, I guess, planning on doing. And, uh, and, and, you know, come in and announce his decision on Wednesday. But I still like Georgia's uh, chances as of today. Absolutely. So without further ado, uh, we've got a bunch of questions to get to, so we might as well go ahead and hit those. And remember, Scuffletown Dog, if you're watching, we know that you answered, uh, you put in your uh, comment first, but you're going to have to be last because of the nature of the question, my man. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, get these going, Jed, if you don't mind reading off that first one. Yeah, John Adams, 88. Overton as an LT in the 2022 class, UGA or Texas A&M? We can all kind of go roundtable here and say what we've uh, heard. You know, I, admittedly, I had heard during the early signing period, uh, I had two sources reach out to me and say, hey, Georgia may not be done yet. And this was the second day where there were there one more day remaining, I believe, in the early signing period. I said LT Overton could be reclassifying. And uh, this could be, you know, going down rather quickly. So I put that out there. It was a reputable source. Uh, I checked around, said, hey, Georgia may not be done. There could be a surprise in the in the, in the the class. Even at th- that point, things kind of died off from then, Jed. And then now it seems like there's uh, smoke picking back up around the situation. Yeah, we've been going – this, uh, you know, scenario has been going around around Blaine, like you said, for at least a couple months now. And – and it came up again the other day, and you know I checked with a, a couple of my sources over at Milton, and they said basically, you know that's been the rumor, but we haven't heard that from LT. We haven't heard it. Um, you know, I think that my source says from his mother. So, um, you know, there's plenty of smoke out there. Um, we'll see. I, admittedly, I don't know exactly how all this, you know, and y'all y'all would know better than I would how it would go down with signing on Wednesday, and you know how quickly you have to reclassify and all that kind of stuff, but. At the moment, he's still in the 2023 class. Um, uh, what I've heard is is it, it's nothing is is imminent or anything. So we'll see. Uh, Trent, when it comes to reclassifying, I know the whole deal that went down with Tony Grimes. Uh, you know, when he when he was coming out, it, it was down to kind of Georgia, North Carolina, stuff like that. But that happened real quickly. Like I'm talking about in a matter of. Uh, it seemed like 24 hours. It was just all of a sudden, boom, it was out. It, it could have been happening, and then it was there. Um, how quickly – I mean, I don't know if we have a frame of reference on many other people who've done it, but 
you know, this could happen very quickly if he does decide to pull the trigger is what I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm guessing he has the credits uh, yeah. to to go ahead and do it. So, I mean, if he does indeed have the credits and everything's lined up and he's been cleared by the clearinghouse and all that stuff, then, you know, this could happen overnight. But this is also a thing that um, that might not happen on Wednesday. So I think uh, fans need to prepare themselves that this could this rumor or whatever it is, the smoke that's, that's going around, it could go into the spring. Um, it, this is not a. Uh, he doesn't have to sign Wednesday, if he if he does reclassify. This could go into you know, even you know May June uh, and and all the way up to the time where he could enroll at Georgia, and uh, he could go go up then. So I don't ex- you know I don't know when it's going to happen. I haven't heard if it's going to happen or when it's going to happen. But um, it's not a thing that that is that has to happen Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think when Tony Grimes did his, it was like going into fall camp for North Carolina. It was it was in August almost. I mean, it was it was yeah. late, uh, so that that could happen very quickly if it, if it does indeed and turn out to be the case. Now, we, it can be debated whether or not it should happen, or or uh, you know who would it benefit the most and things like that. I think the question behind it was Georgia or Texas A and M. I would I would personally say that Georgia would be a, a favorite if that if that were to occur. I just think being an in-state guy coming out early, things like that, I think Georgia would, would be a favorite over Texas A&M. But uh, there's, there's some strong persuasion, of course, going out in, uh, out in oil country these days. So who knows how, how all that could, could go down. Uh, John Adams, 88, has a follow-up question. Is this the best recruiting staff ever assembled in 2022 no he's not talking about uga sports he's talking about <laughs> he's talking about the georgia coaching staff i'm a little biased on the uga sports deal right there but no uh trent you know when it comes to Graham brian mcclendon back in you've got Muschamp doing his thing glenn schumann with the track record that he's able to uh you know have have built up during his time at, at georgia trey scott has really come into his own can you think of a better time, uh, you know, while you've been covering Georgia football recruiting where there's been a top-to-bottom better recruiting staff? No, but, it, you know, it all starts with Kirby Smart. And and as long as Kirby Smart's in town, I think you're going to have an elite recruiting staff no matter who's on staff. But as far as this staff, with its ties to the state and with its ties to the southeast, um, there probably hasn't been a overall staff um, because, you know – Hankton has his ties, but it was a lot of uh, uh, Louisiana. And, uh, you know, that there's some ties. But I think as far as ties to the state and ties to even going down to into Florida, uh, I think this is probably the best staff they've had now uh, from a recruiting standpoint. But, uh, you know, a lot of that, well, we'll, we'll see. Because, you know, with the, with the nil going on now. But just yeah. as far as uh, overall recruiters, uh, uh, yeah, I would say George, George is pretty – Georgia's pretty wealthy on recruiters right now. No doubt. And I think like you like you made a good point. It is in different in different areas, right? Like I think the Georgia's strength inside the state, and that's a good thing because I think the the high school uh strength across the board in the state of Georgia, I think there's more prospects coming out of Georgia now than ever before. But I don't think they're as uh you know deadly right now in South Florida as maybe they were when James Coley was on staff, you know, I mean, because James Coley just had been around there forever and had all all those kind of connections and things like that. So it's a give and take in, in certain areas. I mean, um, you know, Jed, but one thing that a lot of uh, players, uh, prospects are, are repeating 
to me and kind of said when I say what sticks out to you, they're saying, man, all these guys played at Georgia mm-hmm. and they have this like love for the University of Georgia because they were Georgia Bulldogs themselves. Are you getting a lot of that in your in your interviews as well? Yeah, I mean, you look at the just the I mean, just let's look at the defensive coaching staff. Kirby Smart, SEC safety, Jamila Dye, SEC safety, or excuse me, Will Muschamp, SEC safety. Um, you know, those those guys, there's so much experience all over the place. And you talk to these guys, hey, how much does that mean? He's like, they know they they know how to play the position. They know how to put you in the best positions to succeed. They know, you know, the struggles of of being a student athlete. So that matters a ton 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 to these guys and then you look at you know just some of the i mean del mcgee is, is now always, mike boba is there who mike plays Bobo, yeah I mean, he's not even and the thing is it goes so far down the staff i mean tamarian parker from alabama ha, is is a really has a really strong relationship with robert muschamp you know uh way down on the list of, of you know analysts or, or whatever he, whatever his official title is so every person on this staff whether you're quality control you know defensive coordinator whatever they bring something to the table in recruiting and that's, you know, it, it's paying off with, with the great classes they brought into Kirby smart. Well, to me, what's interesting is, you know, you got, you got the Mike Bobo now and you're allowed to have 10 guy or however many guys out on the trail. I think it's 10. And uh, so when, if there's ever a point where you have to pull somebody back, you know, you saw Buster Faulkner um, out on the trail and, and uh, I guess this past uh, January, cause they had a, you know, they were missing a coach. So uh, you can always put Bobo out on the trail and, and make that staff even better from a recruiting standpoint when, you know, you, you might be a coach down, which Georgia's still a coach down, um, you know, a defensive coach down. So, uh, you know, they've they've built this for success. He's built it just like Saban does. You know, he, he's got yeah. guys ready to go behind guys. And um, and it's, you know, it is working out. You know, they've, they've – They've been in situations where they've been guys down and guys, other guys have stepped up and, and filled those voids and, and Georgia hasn't missed a beat. And, that, and that's the way it's going to remain with, with, with Kirby at, at the top. And on that note, I did want to note, uh, you know, put out there that, that Scott Cochran is, is he's returning to the staff. Like it, that is, that is, that's going to happen. And he, you know, even this past uh, couple weekends, him being back around the program and things like that, I've had two or three prospects tell me that, the most, you know, energetic and the most guy, the guy that, that, you know, stood out the most of them during their visit was Scott Cochran. Uh, and, you know, he's got those deep connections to a lot of those guys in the state of Alabama. Trent, Jed, Georgia is going after elite talent in the state of Alabama in the class of 2023. I mean, when you talk about, you talk about tomorrow, uh, you know, Parker, you talk about um, Mitchell, uh, you know, uh, first name. Tony Tony Mitchell coming out of a corner out of Alabama. Quay Russo, James Smith out of Montgomery, Alabama. I mean, there's a lot of connections there with uh, Scott Cochran. And, you know, I know he had some uh, personal stuff he had to work through, but apparently apparently he's uh, got that uh, under control and now back with the program. So he's uh, paying dividends for Georgia recruiting-wise as of right now. So here we go. Next question there, Jed. From Jay Doggy, biggest concern for the 2022 season along the defensive front, interior defensive line replacements, winning at the line of scrimmage, or exterior pass rush from our defensive ends and outside linebackers? Well, uh, I think that, you know, 
exterior pass rush kind of got shored up a little bit there, Trent, when uh, immediately when Nolan Smith and Robert Bill decided to to come back. Uh, you know, Robert Bill led the team in sacks, I, b- I believe, over there this year, eight eight and a half sacks. So, you know, that's a that's a big big uh, I guess not addition, but a lack of attrition, right? When you got those two coming back, so I, I think it would be more along, you know, how do those guys in the middle develop when you're talking about does Zion Logue take the next step, you know, to, to be a more Devontae, uh, Devontae Wyatt type player at a three technique, things like that. Uh, you know, Jalen Carter being a, being a more, you know, every rep type guy now when he, when he comes in there, but that's just me. Yeah. And I think you got guys up front and the, the one spot that I'm looking at that's a kind of a concern is the, you know, more of the five tech defensive end, you know, that, uh, that that Herring played, that Trayvon Walker played. I, I think Georgia's a little thin at that spot. And it'd be interesting to see, you know, who kind of stands up. Because I, I think Georgia has some good guys up front. Stackhouse, Warren Brinson, uh, Logue, like you mentioned. And then, of course, you got Jalen Carter. And then you got, like, you know, Ingram Dawkins and, and, and th- those guys coming in. So I think Georgia has a ton of depth in the middle. I think it's uh, – I'm looking more at that uh, defensive end because Georgia's in a lot of nickel. You know, they don't have to necessarily use a nose tackle a ton, uh, just mm-hmm. the way they use, you know, Jalen Carter will be at that spot a good amount, but especially when they're in nickel. So I'm looking at who's going to step up next to Jalen Carter, especially in the nickel to, uh, to kind of get some push there on the interior defense line. Because I think Georgia's going to, you know, with, with Smith and, and Robert Bill coming back, I think the edge with, with the, with the guys coming back, I think that will be sured up. I'm looking at that, you know, that more more of the interior. Um, does anybody remember? Uh, I I can't remember off the top of my head what Michael Williams weighed in at at the at the uh, all all American. I think he was I think he was upwards of 258 pounds. I mean, I think he was he was cl- close to that 260 range. He's a guy that you know in a in a he's so versatile with his athleticism. Trent, could he end up filling that that type of role? Uh, going on playing some five and playing some outside uh, edge as well. Uh, you know, I, I I do think so, um, but he's a guy that that you really won't rush in the passer. I'm not sure you want him on the interior, especially in the nickel. Um, well, I'm not saying interior. But I'm talking about like outside. You know, if he's a five technique, yeah. you know, he's 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 more of a he's, edge he's, controller he's, on the run. He's more know. of an edge, but you know, there's a lot of times when Trayvon Walker slid in on on the nickel and and played the inside. I don't necessarily see that. Uh, with Michael just yet, I think he would still be on the edge and the nickel. But he is a guy that can, uh, I think, can play five tech and 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 you know be very successful at it. I just don't see him sliding in on the nickel just yet. Absolutely. So here we go. Uh, we've got NCUGA as of today. How many players are on scholarship? Jed, uh, I think the last time I heard this number, they were around. Uh, 91 was the was the number they were at, but that, there's been so much attrition going in and out. Um, I don't think it matters if I'm correct at this point right now because Trent, as long as you've got guys like Robert Beal and and even Nolan Smith and Stetson Bennett and all these guys who have that COVID year under their belt, they you can be over the number as long as there's still guys from that COVID year. So teams are going to be allowed to be over the number for another year or so I'm, I, is, is my understanding. Yeah. I'm, I haven't really looked into the rules, but uh, I think Georgia was somewhere around the 90 mark. Um, 
And, and I think that'll get you know it's, it's going to get closer down to eighty five. But you're also looking at guys uh, that that are like Dan Jackson still not on scholarship. I talked to his dad the other day, and and uh, he's hoping that that he's on scholarship you know next year. But uh, that's without those guys. And then um, you know it, it, how many does Georgia add on Wednesday? We'll we'll take into account the, to that scholarship number as well. But uh, Kirby's always going to make the numbers work, so that it, that is not a big deal. You know, but whether but, whether you think the no, numbers are going to work or not, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, some people may come there and they've technically signed, but they're not actually on scholarship until maybe even a year afterwards. So uh, those numbers, you know, work out uh, quite mysteriously. But uh, like you said, Kirby Smart does does have a way of massaging uh, those, those numbers for sure, making sure. Uh, that it works out for the University of Georgia. There's all there's who knows. There's blue shirts involved in this kind of stuff. We'll see how, how it all how it all ends up and shakes out. But Georgia still has some time, and I think there's going to be some more. You know, Jed, I think there'll be some more attrition uh, after the after the spring for sure. So um, it may be still still yet another month or so. But Georgia's going to get there's going to be some more guys leave the program. Definitely. And, and more guys and guys will come in to replace those guys. And there's the, the, you know, the, the plus seven thing with, with guys. You can, I mean, there's so many, it's like Trent said, there's so much, uh, you know, fluidity with the COVID years and the transfers and all that kind of stuff going on now. Um, bottom line is come September 3rd, you know, Kirby Smart's going to have the numbers figured out in one way or another. So it's, and it's they, back up and everything, but it's, it's going to get worked out uh, one way or another. And we all know the NCAA is pretty much toothless now anyway. So <laughs> it doesn't even really matter. So uh, we'll get, get to that as well later on down the line. Uh, ZXBY140, who in this class is most likely to see immediate playing time uh, help the team most in pass rush situations? I mean, in my opinion, I think Marvin Jones and Michael Williams both have a real chance to play early. Yeah, I think those two, and I think Barry Alexander has a chance to come in and play uh, early. Um, just looking at, you know, as far as what you're what you're losing and 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 guys that are there, I think Bear has a chance. But I, the the first two you mentioned, Michael and and Marvin, they definitely have a chance to come in just because of. Uh, lack of depth at that position. Uh, you saw like Chaz Chambliss came in and had a lot of playing time this year as a freshman just because it, it was it, – yes, he had a good year. He's very good, but there's a lot of uh, – you know, there was depth concerns at that outside linebacker position, and he came in and filled that void nicely. So I think you're going to see those two come in and and uh, contribute early. And, Jed, I know you've seen – not, not necessarily in the pass rush situations, but playing early – I know you've seen a lot of Malachi uh, Starks, and Malachi Starks is as athletic as anybody, I believe, overall in the class, maybe other than Travis Hunter in the class of 2022. That that, that young man is going to be hard to, to keep off the field, in my opinion. And he, Right, and he's so versatile. And I'm interested to see whether he – and obviously all these guys cross-train, so it really doesn't matter, but whether they try him out more at – at a star or at, at safety, you know, when spring practice comes, because I think he has the ability to play both. Um, it just could come down to a thing. It's, it's kind of like you mentioned with Robert Beal and, and Nolan Smith. Safety is, is short up a little bit uh, with Chris Smith saying he's coming back, so that might lead to him playing more star. But either way, he's a guy that he's so athletic, he's so skilled um, that he's going to make a push for playing time in the secondary, you know, especially maybe at star or, or, or at safety either one, or maybe both. So, Or definitely maybe even on special teams as well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I think uh, he's going to be a guy that, that really steps up. What we got, Jed? From Elko Dog, player comparison to Andrew Paul. 
So Andrew Paul, the running back from Dallas, Texas, uh, Parish Episcopal School, uh, finished with you know the last three games of his high school career over 1,100 yards and 16 touchdowns in three games in 6A, uh, the highest classification in Texas. That's uh, legendary type stuff right there. Really, um, I, I got to thinking about this. One guy that he's a he's he's a, probably an inch inch maybe two inches shorter than, but uh, same same in my opinion body type and, and running style, um, how they carry themselves. He reminds me a lot of Kendall Milton coming out of high school, uh, and that that's high praise because Kendall Milton was a five star. I know uh, Andrew Paul ranked right now as a as a three star by by rivals, but I feel like he's a young man with a lot of upside. He's got a got a uh, kind of a little bit of a, a thicker type frame, but he's got really high knee lift coming out of those cuts. And really when he kicks it into uh, a gear in the open field, uh, he's, he's quite impressive. I mean, is there any, anybody that sticks out to you guys about who Andrew Paul may, may remind you of how he plays? I mean, not, not part. I haven't really, you know, I, I've looked, I've watched his film and, 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 but I haven't really dove deep in his film, but, uh, I'm not sure he has the overall top end speed of Milton, but I, I do see a lot of similarities coming, you know, to what you're talking about, the high knees, the, the cuts and the stuff like that. There's a lot of, a lot of similarities in that game. And uh, I just think he's another, you know, I think Georgia, I think Georgia would have liked to have another guy more like, like James Cook in this class, but you know, you can't pass up on a guy like, uh, like Paul this late and uh, the way he exploded in the playoffs and the way he's kind of, uh, lit up the recruiting boards, and there was a lot of guys that are a lot of teams. I say that that came after him late, and if Georgia's able to secure that uh, that signature on Wednesday, that would be a that'd be a big get. Yeah, Notre Notre Dame, Michigan, Clemson, all came after him uh, here late to to try to try to get Andrew Paul. And I mean, obviously he hadn't signed anywhere, so they still still could yet. Uh, Missouri uh, also was in there, and people you know laugh a lot of time with Missouri and stuff like that, but. Uh, when you look at the running back history there at Missouri, that they got a lot to to offer. You know, Roundtree uh, and then Tyler Beatty this last year. I mean, they they feature the running back, so that's a that's a strong uh, recruitment there as well. Of course, Colorado um, was someone, and Georgia's already uh, broke Colorado's hearts in this recruiting class alone, uh, taking CJ CJ Madden from uh, from Cedar Grove. Uh, he was a Colorado commit, and as soon as Georgia uh, showed the interest, he decided to promptly decommit and now is a is signed with the with the georgia bulldogs so yeah i think andrew paul like i said just certain things about his game when i watch him he reminds me of the same similar running style as kenneman like you said i think kenneman had some more of those five-star-esque traits but very similar type runners in in my opinion how they go uh go about things jed here's our next one on old bmac there from Riser, how, if at all, does Brian McClendon's return help close out 2022? Was he able to be in Athens for any of the visits with 2023 guys over the weekend? Yeah, I don't know, uh, Trent. You may know, you know, better better than I would if if he was in town or not yet. I know that very, com- you know, obviously comfortable with the Athens area has been, has been there for long a long time in different uh, stints and things. But um, BMAC, I think uh, I don't know that it'll help much in the class of 2022. Too, but I think it's already making big impacts in the class of 2023. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he was there. He was definitely wasn't there Saturday because I'm pretty sure that he landed a commitment for Miami on Saturday morning. Uh, so yeah, a lot of stuff uh, changed quickly. His commitments to the last last. 
Yeah, so so he, he landed a 23 wide receiver Saturday morning at, at Miami, and then he's a new um, wide receiver coach at Georgia on Sunday. So I, d- I don't think he was there on, over the weekend, but uh, and I don't think he'll have a huge impact in this class. But I do uh, uh, I do think he'll he, he you know a lot of those South Florida guys uh, became f- familiar with him um, uh, over the past month or so since he'd been at Miami, and I do think he'll he'll play a big impact you know, with a 23 class, but I don't see much in the 22 class. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Ennis already, you know, mm-hmm. the mind blowed emoji, uh, you know, saying, wait, but Brian, Brian McClendon, B Mac went to, went to Georgia, you know, that, and that's the number one receiver in the country right there that Georgia has been, uh, you know, Del McGee and uh, Todd Hartley. Those guys have been recruiting him since he was an eighth grader, you know, when he was a teammate of, uh, of uh, Kenny McIntosh at universal, uh, University High School down there in Fort Lauderdale. Now he's at American Heritage. Uh, so, of course, uh, McClendon had already kind of had in runs there. So, uh, there, there's definitely some major inve- uh, developments. Miami has two commits in the 23 class, and they're both wide receivers. So, um, so yeah. they're not going to zero commits. Uh, Andy Jean and Lamar Seymour. Uh, um, but yeah, those are, those are both, and they're both from, uh, they're both from Miami. So, uh, McClendon was already doing work down there, and I, you know, I see that. Uh, I don't see that changing when uh, now that he's at Georgia. Yeah, Jed uh, Raymond Cottrell was for sure excited about it when I when I spoke to him, and uh, I know you'd seen some stuff from uh, Santana Fleming and some other guys so far. Yes, yeah, Santana Fleming. You said you know he's a real he's a real good coach and a real dude um, is what he said. And San, you know Santana Fleming. Also at American Heritage, Brandon Ennis, like you mentioned, KJ Bolden, uh, Ben got some comments from him. And then another guy, Georgia was offering a couple of weeks ago, Kyler Casper from out in Arizona, I believe. Um, you know, I spoke with him today and I was like, what do you think of the hire? And he said, you know, Brian McClendon recruited me at Oregon. You know, that's that's the guy, that was his relationship there. So, you know, there's guys all over the country that, that know Brian McClendon, that respect the job he's done at a receivers coach. And how often, Blaine and, and Trent, have we gotten questions on the show over the past four months? What's wrong with Georgia's receiver recruiting? How how can Georgia's receivers recruiting pick up? Brian McClendon's a pretty good start when you bring in a guy with his reputation um, and, and knowledge and ties everywhere. So um, this 23 cycle, giving him a, a full you know year to work on these guys, it's going to be really interesting to see you know what Georgia's receiver class looks like at 23 compared to you know the past couple of years. You know, and I wouldn't even put it uh, – I wouldn't even put it past, uh, you know, things to happen in terms of the, the transfer market between okay. now and the start of the season, right? So, uh, yeah. that, that that could help as well. So, um, in terms of – let's see, what we got – who we got next? We got Fields, uh, Fieldsy0624. He says, similar to JD99 at Jordan Davis, development and impact, which 2022 – to commit three star under which Jordan Davis was actually a four star uh will be a fan uh will will we as a fan base be singing the praises of uh a year or two from now so basically even though Jordan Davis was ultimately listed to rivals by a four star he he was a more uh under recruited guy to kind of kind of start off with and and to go through a majority of his recruitment who do you guys think and I know we've kind of touched on this in the past who do you think is a unheralded prospect that'll end up uh you know being more of a fan favorite type when it comes to this class of 2022 down the line I think if you're if you're 
you know, trying to draw uh, similarities to JD, I think you, you had to look at Sean Washington uh, just from the pure uh, how quiet they were. Uh, you know, JD didn't talk much. Um, and then he, he turns into just a celebrity in Athens. So I, I could see, you know, Sean coming in, making an impact on that defensive line. And uh, of course, you know, guys like CJ Madden, um, uh, you know, they're, they're Dylan Bell. Uh, I mean, they're, the, the list is kind of endless with the, with the way. I guess you could list Gunnar Stockton in that category now since he uh, dropped like a rocket in the, in the, in the rankings. So, <laughs> Uh, a rocket that lost its engine, right? I mean, he, he didn't quite drop the three star, but uh, 5.8, four, uh, four star. So, yeah. Uh, now, when you were speaking of Sean Washington, when you were talking about people, I was a little bit hesitant to, you know, say it, but people that could play a head up four or a five technique in a, in a nickel when it comes to a run, you know, when they need a run stopper there and things like that. Sean Washington, Trey Scott, in fact, uh, told him they could see him anywhere playing from a shade nose all the way out to a five. Like he, he's that, that versatile. This guy's six foot five, 306 pounds and moves very well. Like his, his get off at the line of scrimmage is, is something that I would call elite. Now his top end speed, maybe not so, maybe not so much. He needs to work on some of that and maybe uh, how he, how he, you know, sheds, sheds blocks at the point of contact because he was able to bully guys and things like that. But the, the, Short area quickness is something that I think could allow Sean, Sean Washington to be somebody that Georgia fans really come to love. Yeah, I, I think another player is Cole Spear. I mean, just what he's mm -hmm. done with Ladd McConkey and the way he's developed him into – I guess he would be a fan favorite. I mean, he was Georgia's, what, second leading wide receiver behind uh, behind Brock. Um, interceptions, yeah. Yeah, interceptions. So, um, you know, uh, he, could, he could come in and be – one of those fan favorites as well. So uh, anybody that helps lead George to the national championships going to be a fan favorite. And they, um, you know, and except, the way, except Stetson Bennett. Except Stetson Bennett. Um, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a half, half, half hated. Uh, so Jed, you know, anybody else that sticks out to you, maybe uh, a guy that has not, you know, necessarily talked about the most, but you think could end up uh, paying huge dividends for Georgia down the line. Can I say Darius Smith again? Yeah, that, feel free, man. I, I agree. I think Derek Smith is uh, somebody yeah, that uh, can't get enough. Break. Offensively, though, but I like Trent said. I think Dylan Bell, especially, Blaine. I know you, you've, uh, you know, you, you've sang the praises of Dylan Bell on here several times. I think he's the guy that once he has some time in Athens, kind of grow and get get a little bigger and you know fill out a little bit. I think he could be a guy um, that really turns into a productive weapon um, for the Bulldogs on offense. Looking forward. Yeah, I, I I absolutely agree. Now, both of those guys that you just last mentioned, Jed, kind of lead into this Scuffle Town Dog. I promised you at the beginning you would kind of be one of the last ones here. We uh, we still have a, a couple more after this, but uh, who do you think that we University of Georgia uh, close with in the class of 2022? Thanks and uh, Scuffle Town. We appreciate your question once again, as always. I think uh, the commits. When you talk about the commits that are out there right now, they're that are, uh, you know, left to, to sign. And then you had Darius Smith, you had Dylan Bell, and Jordan Bryant-James. I think we all expect Jordan Bryant-James to probably sign but the Oregon Ducks, go go elsewhere at the very at the very least. Um, so Darius Smith and Dylan Bell uh, expect them to both have publicly uh, reaffirmed their commitments and say they're, they're planning on signing. Um in fact, we had I I'd even heard from sources that Darius Smith had gotten the the green light to sign very late 
in the early signing period, but he elected himself to just wait and, you know, sign with his teammates and, and things along along that nature. And then, uh, you know, Trent, when it comes to the the un uh, the non-committed guys, the other remaining targets, you got the ones that are possible out there, Kristen Miller, Shamar Stewart, EJ Lightsey, Andrew Paul, uh, I think all of those, what Georgia would have to feel pretty good about, except uh, Shamar Stewart in that case. Yeah, I think they'll finish with uh, at, at, you know, looking at today, I think they finish with Christian Miller, Lightsey, and uh, Andrew Paul. I think those are the three. Uh, I haven't felt good about Shamar Stewart, even when I was down in Orlando. I heard a lot of Miami talk. I heard a lot of Texas A&M talk, and still, as of today, uh, those are the two teams that are really standing out right there. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, uh, Jed, it just seems that uh, Texas A&M is is really uh, finding their their stride right now in uh, in recruiting. So, um, and how this new NIL environment and things like that. So, it is it appears to be an Aggie and a Hurricane battle down for Shamar Stewart uh, down the line here. Finding their stride right to uh, the bank. Um, but yeah, you know, it seems like. It's- <laughs> It's been A&M and Miami for Shamar for a while. I mean, Georgia has tried. They've been a factor in this recruitment, but just they haven't gotten over the top um, with those guys. But, yeah, I mean, the other guys, Kristen Miller, we've talked about, right, their relationships with with Trey Scott, Michael Williams, all those guys. I feel like they went out there. EJ Lightsey went on the official last weekend um, and feels like Georgia's going to went out there. And Andrew Paul. Andrew Paul is the one I guess I, I'm least sure about just because his recruitment has, has blown up so much in these schools like Michigan and Clemson. Are trying to get into, but I think when you have a school that has the tradition of Georgia at running back, you get you get the kid on campus for an official visit, and you implore to him, "Hey, we don't, we we're not trying to take you as a luxury. We need you because we want to add two running backs in this class." And George James going elsewhere, I think Georgia wins out there. He's the one I'm least sure about, but um, yeah, like Trent said, I think Georgia closes on signing day with commitments from those three guys, and then you know officially signing Darius Smith and um and Dylan Bell as well. And you know you can't ignore the fact that there's. Uh, been speculation that Georgia could lose one of the running backs that's on the roster right now after the, the spring uh, goes on. You know, that's the nature of the transfer portal and things this summer. Um, you know, it, we'll, we'll see. But definitely getting a second back in this class, I think, has become, uh, you know, a major priority. It already was, of course, with Jordan Bryant James being there. But for whatever reason, it appears there's a uh, a mutual – parting of ways it seems to be going place there trent you got, you got something? yeah I, I think uh the one thing that texas a&m is about to fall into which with signing the class they did is uh you know you, you feel that you feel the heat from the fan base especially the head coach when you sign a class like this it's win now um georgia it, knows it, all it, about that it, yeah it's, it's it's not eight and four it's not nine and three it's win now and uh the pressure just went sky high on Jimbo Fisher while while it's been, you know, yeah, you go 10 and 2 or you go whatever and you finish in the top 10, finish in the top 12. Yeah, it's a good year. But now you 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 start landing one or two top uh top 3 recruiting classes, you it's win now. And uh that that pressure that pressure out in Texas A&M is uh about to be sky high. Especially when you beat Alabama last year with Zach Calzada. I yep. mean, yeah, Zach Calzada could end up going on and having a great career at Auburn, but that young man had a out-of-body experience over there in College Station and was making throws that he may never make again. And uh, when you get a quarterback like Max Johnson 
in in there who I think is a better quarterback than Zach Calzada. And then also you've got Connor Wigman coming in in that in that class. You know, you add a quarterback to uh, you add a quarterback to a talented skill position uh, hall that they're bringing in. When you're bringing in guys like an Evan Stewart and things things like that, you know, it, it gets uh, it, the seat could get real hot in a hurry, like you said, Trent. Yep. Yep, that's going to be interesting. So DC Dog ninety three, the hiring of BMAC impact uh, impacts the recruitment most of which players or the recruitment of which players the most. Obviously, I think that's receivers that, that that's going to have to be. You know, uh, that's a. I think Kirby Smart and company know that they need to uh, change a little bit how they go about recruiting the receiver position. They've been dominated at uh, tight end, dominated at running back in recruiting. Uh, you know, over over the years. Um, so now, you know, receiver could help out, but how much does this impact, uh, this hiring impact Eric Gilbert? Um, Jed, I, I don't know that, I don't know that necessarily, uh, Brian McClendon's any different than, you know, Cortez Hankton would have been in terms of coaching, uh, Eric Gilbert. I think Eric Gilbert's, uh, issue is as long as he's in the right state of mind and he's healthy and he's ready to go, he can be as dominant a player as he wants to be. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, none of us have heard anything, um, you know, to, to suggest that Eric Gilbert's absence from team last season was related to, you know, dissatisfaction with the coaching staff or anything like that. I mean, maybe if you look at it from the angle of, you know, Brian McClendon is obviously a Georgia guy through and through like Kirby smart that could help him help Eric decide not to leave. I don't know. I mean, like you said, play, I don't, I don't know that it affects Eric too much, but um, you know, having another guy that, that bleeds red and black on the staff certainly going to help isn't going to hurt, or I should say, um, you know, with any of these guys that might be considering leaving or, or, or anything like that. Yeah, I think if Gilbert plays anywhere, uh, especially next year, he's going to be at the University of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if he's playing at the University of Georgia, I think he, you know, he, he's a guy that fills in in Jermaine Burton's spot uh, across from A.D. Mitchell and Georgia never misses a beat. Um, uh, he is, uh, you know, he's, he's a dynamic pass catcher. Everybody's seen that, saw that at LSU. Uh, I don't know but what this last year has done to him as far as weight wise. Um, I, I don't know what it's done to him. It's, you know, has it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of uncertainties with, with Gilbert. Um, I think you'll see in the spring, um, if Gilbert's able to go in the spring, I think you'll see uh, more how he's going to be used. Um, you know, I could, uh, depending on his weight, you know, he, he could be playing wide receiver. Uh, you know, he could be playing like a, Brock Bowers position where he slid out the slot. You know, you, you don't know how he's going to be used, but uh, I would love to see him used. You know, you put him on the field with A.D. Mitchell and Brock Bowers, and it's just a matchup nightmare. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there along with you guys. If, in fact, Eric Gilbert is where he needs to be mentally, physically, my opinion is if he plays – he will be dominant in the in the in the fall because he's that that big. There, there's a reason Georgia went after Eric Gilbert, right? Because he's one of the better high school prospects I've ever seen uh, play. I mean, just just a a like freaks, not even the word. Uh, how how he was able to things he's able to do, and now you add that kind of route runner, the physicality that that he can bring, things like that on the perimeter, just the sheer size alone. That that matchup, it was the same thing almost, you know, it, it's the closest thing Georgia could bring back to a uh, George Pickens type body, you know, in the, in a short time span, Trent. 
Yeah, and uh, I just I just keep looking. If George is able to hold on, if Georgia keeps Darnell Washington on campus, having Darnell and Brock and Gilbert all in the field at the same time, along with AD, uh, it, it's just uh, I don't know. I don't. It's just pick your poison because those are those are you know four guys where you can't double team anybody because you leave you leave somebody on an island against a Gilbert or leave somebody on an island against a Brock Bowers, it's going for six. So. Uh, It'll be it'll be interesting to see, but uh, I, it all depends on uh, you know the 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 health the I guess you know is is Gilbert ready to go? And uh, if he is, it's just a big big plus for Georgia. Uh, no matter who the wide receiver coach is, I guess McClendon being there, I don't think it impacts it. But uh, if Gilbert's able to go, he's going to be on the field, um, and and it'll be fun to watch. And the, and the last thing I wanted to point out, even if even let's say. Uh, I guess worst case scenario for Georgia in the tight end uh, group. Let's say Darnell Washington does does move on, elects to, to transfer to another school. Right now, uh, indications are that he's going to stay at Georgia. But if that were to happen, you know, it doesn't hurt to have a, a six foot five, you know, two hundred twenty five pound, crazy good route runner coming in in Oscar Delp, who uh, is very similar in how he plays the game to a Brock Bowers. I'm not saying he would have that kind of impact, but he's maybe not as a lead of a, a, a blocker right away as Brock Bowers was able to help in the run game. But when it comes to, you know, being able to navigate through through the secondary and being able to, to catch the ball, the great dexterity that he has, Oscar Delp is a guy who, at least catching the ball wise uh, and route running could, could be a guy who could who could play early as well. Yep, um, Oscar Delp is is uh, very very good. Uh, I think I think the one thing that Darnell brings uh, to Georgia is almost like a six offensive lineman when they get into their uh, thirteen personnel and uh, how physical a blocker he was. You know, Fitzpatrick was a pretty good blocker. Um, you lose if you if you want to lose those two guys, you got to fill the void, and you don't necessarily want Brock Bowers. Uh, you know down there blocking you'd rather have him out catching balls so um somebody will have to fill in that spot but it'll uh uh, it'll be good if georgia can hold on to darnell yeah i see a couple of things down here in the chat before we go uh we always address for people eric especially you eric with the (laughs) the uh, oregon tag down there uh we always address our guys on the uga sports vault it's just what we do uh, first here on the show, uh, loyalty to those guys and appreciation for what they do for UGA sports. But uh, we do hit some YouTube uh, comments down here at the end. Greg uh, Rosenberg asks, is, is Leitze really a linebacker? His speed size seems more like a star. I, every indication is that, uh, you know, his high school coach told us that uh, Glenn Schumann wants him as an inside linebacker. Um, and, and I would have uh, said the same thing about Roquan Smith coming out of high school. I mean, he yeah. a similar, similar type body. Um but was probably coming in at 205, 210, and uh, uh, you develop them guys into to playing uh, inside. But he's also a guy that you could probably put in at star, uh, especially against physical run teams, and and him have success there. But uh, he would, uh, uh, I see him being inside linebacker. Yeah, they they they're they're wanting him there. So, uh, Jed, uh, before we go, is there uh, what can people expect out of recruiting coverage? You know, between now and signing day, and then uh, kind of the rest of this week, what we got uh, coming up on deck? Yeah, well, um, I've got we've got Raul Aguirre's uh, story coming tomorrow. That's why I was late to the show tonight. I'm, we're still gathering re- reactions from guys that are in town this weekend, and then our big uh, you know signing day 
I wouldn't call it a bonanza, maybe like a, a fiesta, maybe instead of a bonanza. With, <laughs> yeah, we just have, I think have a few of them. There's a because you know, for those of you who haven't read it, you know, there's there's a story on Rivals about the main um, you know targets that are signing. Most of George's guys are in the middle part of the day, you know, between probably like ten and three ish. Um, and then yeah, it's it's time playing. Like I said, we'll have stuff coming out of that. And then you know the twenty three cheat sheet and leaderboard and and really starting to turn the page of that twenty three class, um, you know coming up after that. No doubt, I, I've got an interview with uh, R J Johnson uh, out of uh, out of uh, Eagles Landing Christian Academy that that was there this past weekend. He's a he's a uh, twenty twenty three defensive back. Uh, Georgia Kirby Smart went down and watched him play basketball, so I'll have an interview with him uh, coming up later this week. And like I said, signing day coverage and all that kind of stuff. So um, for Keanu Charles Rees, a.k.a. Trent Smallwood, and Jed May. Uh, I am Blaine Gilmer, and this has been a, another edition of UGA Sports Georgia Recruiting Rumors versus Fact. Make sure to subscribe to the channel, give us a like, and turn on notifications if you haven't already, and we'll catch you next Monday on another edition of Rumors versus Facts.